Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. And welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's fat, 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 factory. We're keeping that, John. I'm not doing it again. Uh, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many of your ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage, where I'll use it in a post on LinkedIn as part of my inspirational guide to my morning. John, I wake up at 1am. I then meditate for seven hours uh, and kind of wake up again at 9am. I eat four <coughs> bananas and then I write an award-winning movie. Wow. Based on one of the pictures we received today. And I do that every day. I'm churning out 365 films a year. I'm Joel, a man who puts the stuff into John. I've had too much roast dinner and I am stuffed. And across from me is John Harris, a man who purposefully starves for 48 hours before every record we do to avoid the flagging that I'm currently feeling. Isn't that right, John? Absolutely. Also, on top of that, you might wake up at one o'clock. I wake up before I go back to sleep. That's just that's how you're an inspiration. Are. You're an inspiration. I I have eaten too much food, and in the past, John has been known to plan when we record this based on how close to a meal time it is for me. Haven't you? Like you'll say, here's two options. Well, we'll say here's two options for times in the day, and you'll pick the one that's kind of furthest away from me having eaten loads of food. But that's not been possible today. I need to somehow keep my energy afloat for half an hour, despite eating a year's worth of potatoes in like 15 <laughs> minutes. So let's just see how we go. Also, food, like the reason I, I have been sort of vaguely aware to do that makes it sound way more controlling than I am. But um, the reason- John I'm tells talking, me when I can and can't <laughs> eat. <laughs> the reason, like I remember back in the day, this is a bit of insight if you if someone's going gone through the back catalogue and getting here, is when we used to record in person, sometimes we record in the evening, we'd do two episodes and in the middle we'd eat some food. And the effect <laughs> that food would have on Joel's like ability to podcast was <laughs> unbelievable. It just stops him in his tracks. I'm just, I'm good when I'm hungry because then I'm hungry for good content. Exactly. Uh, speaking of which, give me some good content, John. Give me a film idea from one of our listeners. What about this one from Mike, the 40-year-old virgin employee? Nice. Now, it's a big company. Well. Is he working Virgin Cruises, Virgin Flights, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Cola, Vir- Virgin Records, the Virgin Megastore in Piccadilly, London? I think four of those things I've just listed are defunct. Yeah. Give me two seconds. I'm going to close the door. Bye. Okay. So John's walking over to the door. It'll be interesting to know if this stays in the podcast. I guess that relies solely on how interesting I am for this. But anyway, he's back now. Car. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he if- really did do that, guys. 
Are we going to... Keep that between uh, you and I. Um, wow. So, right. Here's what I think is, you know, Richard Branson's a pretty kooky guy. Maybe he has a flat out rule that below him, all employees are fired the second they turn 40. That's good. So it's about like an employee sort of desperately trying to fake their own age to... Nice. Trying to be young and hit. Yes. They start skateboarding around the office, but then it's just terrible for their back. Yeah. They start like slipping into conversation that they've moved on to like decaf. Like they, people start noticing that oh, he started drinking decaf after 11 a.m. And, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, he's constantly having to put in time at the osteopath into his calendar. I don't think this guy. So, so Virgin Branson's hiring policy is I need my workforce to be young, hip and cool. Yeah. And what does he do with them? When they turn to for- turn 40. Kills, kills them. Does he kill them? He kills yeah. them. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I thought I thought that's what it was going to be. I just wanted to be sure. And they're turned into mincemeat for the brand new Virgin Burgers. Yeah, exactly. So um, nice. Yeah, that's that's that. No more need to be said on that, Joel. No more need to said. It's his mission no. to appear thirty-nine, which you and I have done successfully for a while now. I know. It's so you've good. been. I would say you've been appearing thirty-nine since you were maybe eighteen. Yeah, that was sort of. <laughs> the thing is, if I do that and then I continue to appear that after I've turned thirty-nine, that's an achievement. You've played the long game. It's clever. Exactly. That's yeah. really clever. Thank you've you. Been 30, you'll have been thirty-nine for sixty years. How about this one from George? Three board bills outside Ebbing, Missouri. Bill Bailey, Billie Eilish, and Prince William sit just outside the town holding up A3 versions of the billboards. And also, they're slightly too far away from each other, so they can't chat. That's pretty fun. <laughs> it's great. It's a great pun. They're just really bored. Idea. They're holding up A3 signs. I can't remember what the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri said. It's about a crime that's taken place, right? It's that about a crime that's taken place. Yep. So, Bill Bailey's holding up one that says about crimes against music. Billie Eilish is saying crimes against music and <laughs> prince william saying crimes against uh biographies. the royal family yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> crimes against me yeah, yeah yeah i like it and something i imagine something brings them together maybe like there's a rainstorm and it melts away their signs or maybe one of them gets into some distress it turns the out other- the second volume of harry's memoirs includes a scathing review of both billy eilish and bill bailey yes perfect <laughs> So that brings um, hatred of Harry brings them together. Harry brings them together. That's great. I'm into yeah. that. And then they conspire. They become like a triple bill threat to bring down Harry. A triple bill. I like that. If hmm, if Bill Bailey turned up at Prince Harry's house, do you think he'd invite him in? If Bill Bailey showed up at Prince Harry's house, yeah. Uh, do you think he's aware of Bill Bailey? Has yeah, one hundred percent. He's done royal variety, right? Yeah. yeah, good point. Then probably. I'd say, yeah, Eilish. come on in, big man. Do you think Prince William's the, the third li- most least likely to be invited in? <laughs> <laughs> Eilish is getting in, no questions I- asked. Eilish is getting in, no questions asked, yeah. So I think, because obviously... The, the, the I think actually if you write cool. a Bond theme, you're, you are allowed to go into any royal house, aren't you? Forever. I believe so. That's, yeah. that's why so many people do it. Yeah. Just- that's why you've not seen Jack White in years. He actually lives in Buckingham Palace <laughs> with Chris... Cornell, he's passed away. Cornell? No. Has he? Yeah. Wait, is that what I'm thinking thinking of? The Quantum of Solace? Yeah, singer of Soundgarden. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't Quantum of Solace. No, Jack White did the song with Alicia Keys. Chris Cornell did the Casino Royale one. You know my name. You know my name. Which is one of the best. One of the best ones. It is one of the best ones. Um, What were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, What about this one from Stu? Carry John Camping. Okay, I put you over my shoulder. <laughs> Your thing about you, John, is you love a fancy hotel, <laughs> don't you? Apparently you love so. a bougie boutique hotel. That's the yeah. only thing you'll stay in. I'm more grassroots. <laughs> I love the smell of the earth. 
the wind in the trees, the pitter-patter of rain on some lovely canvas. And I'm worried the podcast is going nowhere. And that you and I, there's a rift between us that needs healing. And <laughs> yeah. I say, John, we're going to go to the woods, no mobile phones, just me and you. And we're going to hunt and gather and spend quality time together and build back this relationship. And you say, no way, kicking and screaming, no chance. I'll stay in a hotel nearby and I might come along for the fishing. And late at night, I swoop into your house, I chuck you over my shoulder and I carry you all the way to whatever the nearest <laughs> forest is. And we go camping and we have a lovely magical time. Are we bringing recording equipment to this? Uh, of course. Oh, fine. The entire thing's recorded. Yeah. Oh, John, nothing we've ever said, nothing we've said to each other in the last five years has been off mic. Yeah. Fine. So yeah, we go on a camping trip. What? But, hmm. You good? You good on a, I reckon you like the, the outdoors. Yeah. I just don't sleep, but I don't really mind that. That's fine. Wouldn't like that, John, if we're sharing a tent and you're sort of sat bolt upright all night. <laughs> Staring at me. I'd just get up at like five and Don't go worry about walk. it, Joel. <laughs> this is what I do. Uh, would I uh, do okay camping? Yeah, I think I'd be all right. Mm -hmm. But I haven't done a lot of camping outside of like when I was a teenager or festivals of that Festivals, counts. yeah. No, this is this is a different environment to the festival. There won't be a portaloo. There won't be some sort of like burger van. You know, you're gonna have to find your own burgers in this life. I by which I mean squirrels and fish. When I used to go to Reading, there was a guy, and he wasn't like in my year, he was in a different year, but he was like, cl like close enough that I knew him and would say hello to him. And he went to Reading and didn't see a single, he just stayed in the campsite the whole time. He just went on an incredibly expensive camping trip. Strange. No music, just boozing. Just boozing. Interesting. Yeah. Was see, he, yeah, okay. That's interesting. I'm sure I, you could have done that for free as well. You probably could have done that for free. I, I would have thought you'd be more likely to see all the bands and not do any camping if you had to pick one of them. Oh, yeah. That would be my choice. Yeah, me too. Hey, how about this one from Lizzie? Garden Tate. There Andrew go. Tate goes home and realises stuff. Great. I mean, he's... It's, the minute, I don't think he's... It's going to be a while before he gets home. home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got a new home. Um, yeah, I mean, horrible man. So, a redemption arc story. I, he might be past redemption at this point. I think he probably he's past is past redemption. redemption at this point. So, um, he goes home and realises stuff. Uh, and then we just sort of credits and we say, still a dick. Nice indie soundtrack <laughs> oh yeah absolutely was that braff in it a a24 all over it yeah it's it is sundance have snapped it up like competition winner at sundance critics choice yeah the story of a sort of an unsalvageable man is that braff or no Andrew Tate, <laughs> sorry uh have you got any more for me come on oh we're going through these so quick termin hater arnold schwarzenegger uses skynet to tell people they're assholes on twitter not to be confused with termin hater 2 where he buddies up with a kid and makes him do them instead the first one's a horror the second one's a fun flick i'm into that so the terminator is just a troll like, i guess yeah <laughs> just plugged into the the matrix right and he's able to troll a billion tweets a second. He, yeah, exactly. When you see those, because a lot of the Twitter, look, I know that the current version of Twitter is a bit bit different to how it used to be, but back in the day, a lot of Twitter engagement was based on like being the first person to comment on mm -hmm. a big thing. So like the first sort of hateful tweet on someone who's disliked or a first sort of loving tweet on someone who's loved was how you got a lot of engagement. So I guess, yeah, he's just like trolling at a rate of knots. The second you tweet, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in there with some absolutely cutting remark. I like it. I'll follow back. It's a, very good. It's a shame that there's not enough sort of showing off of the biceps on this one. That's the only thing. I guess when he's typing, he's typing so frantically, yeah. the arms are popping and stuff. It's going to build up your biceps. That's that's how I got my rippling abs and <laughs> huge pecs. It's mostly through Twitter trolling. I'd recommend it. Um, and the second one, he enlists a kid. So like, he, even he can't keep up with 
the platform's grown and grown and grown and grown. So he clones a little mini me kind of guy. He just keep up with demand. He is tweeting, and every time he's getting the second tweet on these hate tweets, and there's someone else above him, and he's like, "It must be an even better bot than I am." Who, like, unbelievable? Who's who's created this AI, this program that's so fast? And he does some digging, and he discovers it's just a kid, just, just some damn kid, just some kid. They're just so fast these days, and so yeah, they they maybe you know classic sort of film of this type. They sort of. Uh, fight against each other and maybe the end is there is an AI that's even more powerful than the both of them so they have to team up they join forces I to, love it when they to join take forces down the, John. to take down the, the the evil AI that's throwing the most hate physically possible on Donald Trump's platform what's that called freespeech.org I don't think it's called that uh, what about this one from Ula the lamb shank reduction oh delicious that's good I'd have Morgan Freeman narrate me cooking some food yes oh. he must have done that You'd think there's a series of like Chef's Table or something on Netflix with Morgan Freeman on the, the narrating job. Mm. That would be the perfect sort of Sunday afternoon, I'd say, telly, is oh. Chef's Table with Morgan Freeman narrating, right? Perfect. There's nothing more Sunday than a cooking program and great sort of uh, narration. So you've got your Attenboroughs. There's nothing more Sunday. Attenborough narrating Nigella. I think I'm onto something. Oh, and she's cooking on an antique Argo at the Antiques Roadshow. Yes. And um, then the lads from Top Gear steam in at 100 miles an hour. What else happens on a Sunday? Um, <laughs> and then, and then at the end, you wake up and it's Monday morning and you have to go to school. Uh, do you I'm know, sorry, for about oh, maybe a decade, I don't know if I've talked about this before, I really pretended to love cars. <laughs> you have. I've said this before, yeah. <laughs> to watch Top so Gear. So I could stay awake to, to watch Top Gear and I would get like car-themed gifts, <laughs> like annuals and posters. And I hadn't, never in my life had any interest in cars. <laughs> but just for that sweet, sweet extra 60 minutes on a Sunday, I'd be like, yeah, cars, Clarkson. It's like my granddad, every single year as a kid, we'd get him a pig-themed gift. And I'm not sure he liked pigs that much. I think it just at some point it was decided <laughs> What do you mean pig-themed? Pers- like bacon? <laughs> yeah. No, you'd get like a little trinket for the garden that was shaped like a pig or like... One know. year you got him a giant pet pig. He used to have a pig. It was difficult to wrap. He used to have a pig, which I assume is part of why we assumed he loved pigs. He had a pig? Yeah, right. My, my, this is like old school stuff. My granddad in his garden had like a horse, sheep, and a pig and chickens just in his garden. One, uh, wait, one of each horse, sheep, pig? No, I think he had a few. This is more- Was he attempting the most ambitious crossbreeding program <laughs> known to man? Did he have a license for this job? I think he went in sort of size order. So the smallest ones he had the most of. So he probably had a few chickens. A hundred yeah. chickens, <laughs> 70 pigs. Um, what, um, how big was the garden? Oh, it was a pretty decent sized garden. Yeah, you'd hope so. <laughs> Did you... My my dad attempted to keep chickens once. It was a bit of a disaster. There's a fad... I feel like there was a fad like 10, 15 years ago of people yeah. in sort of less sort of traditionally rural spaces going, yeah, I'm going to get some chickens for the garden. Yeah, and I don't think it ever went particularly well. No, not at all. I found them quite scary. Yeah? But if you went, if you went into the coop to get their eggs... I don't know, man. There's like a weird edge, you know? <laughs> it is strange because you're kind of in their domain then and they don't want you to take their eggs. I didn't like it. Uh, look, respect to your father and his uh, his chicken coop, but I'm, I want to get back to this lamb shank reduction. I think that... I want to say his name's Tony Robbins. Is that the main actor in that? But that, I'm thinking of uh, the I guy right. from Blackadder. Maybe it's Tony... Ro- Who's the guy from Blackadder? Tony Robinson. Uh, that, well... Are you yeah. not thinking of the, the inspirational entrepreneurial speaker Tim Robbins? <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, well, yeah, go on. I've also got an idea for this film, John. So we could be... Maybe we're on, we some, could be on something here. 
I think that, you know, much like in Paddington 2, where Paddington sort of converts the prison via yeah, cooking, yeah, yeah, this yes, guy yes, makes yes, incredible yes. lamb shank reductions. So I, I recently saw a TikTok of, well, a guy's been posting quite a lot of TikToks from prison of the food that he cooks in his room using just a kettle. And he'll like boil pasta in it and make sauces and stuff just in a kettle. And I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of the things he has are contraband, but he's got like a little spice rack. And it's like the stuff he's making within his cell. It's pretty impressive food. So maybe that's what it is. Instead of trying to break out, they're like sneaking in lamb yeah. shanks and they're cooking like feasts. And the prison, the prison guards can't work out why they're not eating their gruel anymore. And they go to investigate. And there's like this undercover operation for them cooking. And the way they get those guards, like they get some guards on side by cooking them up really delicious oh. meals. The, the so they turn a blind eye. Well, a thing- blind ribeye. Hmm? There's got to be some sort of sequence where, a harrowing sequence where there's a confusion over the word shank and someone is shot by one of the guards. Nice. Very good. Very good. But yeah, I assume in prison there's like an element of, like you say, this guy with a spice rack. Is there like an element where the prison guards are like, well, it's not officially allowed, but he's just making his food nice. What's the point? Yeah, are we going to confiscate some time? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's already been given time. (laughs) Very good. Hasn't he? So, uh, good stuff. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Right, how about this one from Nathan? Will Smith, question mark. He's hopped on the Will Smith trend. We talk about Will Smith a lot on this show. Yeah. How about how about men in black? Black, black. Like, black, black. Yeah. Very, that's the most French you've ever sounded on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Will Smith is a divorced, depressed, recently fired man who has lost his kids and teams up with Tommy Lee Jones, who's in a similar situation. And it's a buddy comedy where they support each other during hard times. That's just sweet. I love it. That's just really sweet. I get the impression that Tommy Lee Jones is not a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've just, you know, there's that famous story about when he worked with, um, Jim Carrey on one of the Batman movies and mm. uh, the, Jim Carrey went up to him in a restaurant whilst they were filming and apparently he like refused to talk to him and said that he cannot sanction his buffoonery which is <laughs> wonderful like I can't remember the exact story so apologies if it's not in a restaurant and stuff but I do know the phrase I cannot sanction your buffoonery was that's amazing used. so yeah, the, so they're, they're, they're a good odd couple then Will Smith and well, that's true well I mean Tommy that's Lee why Jones. it works in the film so yeah maybe that's part of it is like slowly sort of chipping away at Tommy Lee Jones until he you know learns to enjoy he learns how to sanction buffoonery exactly this um, san- this buffoonery I can sanction and before we move on to our ideas John how about this one from Pip friend of the show recent guest Star Wars a new soap it, it raises the important question like 
I've does seen, Chewbacca shampoo and condition? Well, so we've seen in Solo, they definitely, they, they, they shower at one point. And mm-hmm. in Andor, we've seen showers. But I don't think hygiene is a huge sort of priority in the Star Wars universe. So you're wondering what Chewbacca smells like, aren't you? I'm just wondering who, what everyone smells like in the Star Wars universe. I don't. I'm, look, I'm not. I'm not specious here. I think Luke probably stinks. Yeah. Obi Wan. Oh yeah. Reeks. Stink. The Darth Vader's head. Ah. Oh, can you imagine? Oh my gosh! When when he takes it off at the end. Oh yeah, it'd be so funny <laughs> if Luke just recoiled in horror. <laughs> Get out, Dad! You think he's got like tears of like you know joy, <laughs> that, but he's actually just tearing up because it smells so bad. It smells so bad. And imagine the farts that he does in that suit as well. And so Admiral Stormtrooper is going to stink. Oh, Akbar! Yeah, what's that? Is Akbar going to smell like fish? Is he a fish? He comes from a. Oh, what does he come from? He comes from a planet. I'm fairly confident called Mon Calamari. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that sort true. of gives us an indication of how he might how he might smell. Who do you think? Who's going to like be the face of this new soap that sort of takes over the galaxy and makes everyone smell amazing? Han? Who? Leia? Yeah. Han? Le- maybe Leia. Leia, fine. Han's um, got a nice, it's got, he's got a musk to him, but it's an attractive musk, you know? And it turns out the Empire are sort of only really so like sort of stuck up and horrible because they sm- everything smells. And when everything smells delicious, they sort of think, oh, do you know what? This isn't worth it. And Nice. Um, no violence takes place. I'm into it. Look, I want to watch. I want to watch the Star Wars characters get soapy. I've said that for a long time. Right? <laughs> Shall we do our idea? You can find John, that on the one. right website, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here, here's one from me. The Constant Gardener. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Ralph Fiennes plays an Alan Titchmarsh type who takes on a huge unruly garden. It's like you know they say. Painting the seven bridges is a constant job because you start yeah. at one end and by the time you... That's what this garden's like. And Ralph Fiennes just goes mad. And have you seen the film The Menu? Oh, yes. I saw it this weekend. Really good. Maybe we can talk about that after the credits. I think it's that, but for gardening. Okay. I like it. I would say that the sort of plight of constant gardening, for anyone that's got a sort of a garden, any decent size, that is their life, isn't that's it? That's the truth. Maybe My, that's, da- yeah, that's my dad spends every weekend just constantly gardening it's, it's but i think in you know as a kid i thought god he really loves that garden but in, in hindsight i think he really likes just not yeah. being around us <laughs> i think i think gardens quite often become an albatross around people's neck yeah i think they like the idea of spending their time gardening they don't realize they've got to spend all their time gardening 100 so, percent. what's yours john jurassic parkour an action adventure movie about a group of parkour athletes it's who good. must outrun and outmaneuver dinosaurs it's very good Thank that's you. very, very good. Oh, I, I'm really sure. I don't, I don't even think we need to expect. I think that's the winning idea this week. Oh, lovely. Come on. Running up Thank the back you. of the T-Rex. Thank you very much. Um, stay tuned after the credits because I have a big confession to make. There you go, John. <gasps> oh, no, he stole it. Right. We're going to have to we're gonna have to go now, John, because the podcast police are coming in to arrest you. And it's, <laughs> it's a sad thing to see. But stick around until <laughs> after the credits when John confesses something horrible. Well, John, normally I say you've done really well at this point, but <laughs> it feels like a bad thing's about to be said. My uh, contribution this week was written by ChatGPT. No way! It was made by an AI. Shit, and it's the best one. 
I'm so when you said it one, I was like, brilliant. <laughs> Fuck. What did you ask it? Uh, pun based movie ideas. Would you like me to go through? Because it gave me like I'm, loads. I'm really nervous about this, but yes. So foul play, a comedic mystery about a group of detectives trying to solve a string of poultry related crimes. That's really good. It's not bad, is it? And then I think it got a bit confused because it was like good, the Punisher, good. the Punisher, an action comedy about a vigilante who uses puns as his weapons to take down criminals and punny business, a comedy about a struggling pun factory trying to stay afloat <laughs> in a world where puns are out of fashion. So it, like when I said pun based movie ideas, it thought the movie needed movies. to be about Puns. They're still good. I mean, I'd still we still use. I'd have been happy with any of those if I came up with those. Yeah. I so, know. Uh, well done, Chat GPT. It's going to be host. It's, going to, it's actually going to take one of our places next week. <laughs> I've actually written an outro for the podcast using Chat. So <laughs> Chat GPT finishes the podcast today. I'll, I'll read out the script it's given us. Amazing. At the um, end, John. You yes. Have, is that the big thing you wanted to give me in the post credits? Well, yeah. Well, the outro, and also you need to tell me about Avatar. Oh my God. John. <laughs> Now, there's nothing really I can say about Avatar that hasn't been said on my favourite podcast, Three Bean Salad, which is the best, the funniest podcast in the world. And two of the people on that show have seen it and talked at length about <laughs> Avatar. And I would recommend going to listen to the most two recent episodes. The thing about the cinema, John, is that I get there at the time for the, of the screening. Yeah. Even though I know it doesn't start for half an hour. So the screening was 6.40pm. I was Crikey. in my seat at 6.35pm. The film didn't start until 7.15. The film is three hours and 15 long, which meant I was in my seat for four hours. It's mm, a long time. I came away after four hours and I said to my buddy that I went with, we've just been in there for four hours watching Avatar. Can you tell me the name of any of the characters? <laughs> and he looked, at me he looked at me blankly and said, no. And I said, me neither. Can you name any of the places they went to? Jake Sully, I even I know that, and, and I haven't he, seen it. He said the sea. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, and I didn't even know. I watched it in three D, and I actually thought because obviously I watched the first one at home, and I thought, oh, maybe the cinema experience. Yeah, I thought the three the three D looked like shite. Oh, okay, because I said that to you. I said like maybe the whole. It looks so rubbish. Right? Oh, I thought sorry, it looked man. rubbish. I didn't have a good time. It went on too long. There was a third person we were with, another friend of ours, and he loved it. Oh, okay. He gave it an 8 out of 10. Wow. And my other buddy turned to me after 40 seconds. The film had been on for 40 <laughs> seconds and he said, I think we've made a mistake. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's really bad. It, it doesn't really make any sense, even though nothing happens really to make any sense. Um, I've heard rumours of a 45-minute detour where they sort of go and tame a whale. Yep, they tame a whale. The whale can talk telepathically. <laughs> Do you hear the voice? No. Oh, yeah. That yeah, would make it better. That would make it better. At one point, so the, sorry for spoilers here, but the water people are friends with the whales and they all have a best friend whale. And at one point, one of the whales gets killed. Oh, no. And a Navi says, he was a composer. He should have been fucking whale. <laughs> That's not mentioned before. That they could, they're like in the arts. <laughs> I want to call whale concert now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Well. Uh, yeah, but I did it. Well, I'm anyway, sorry. better film, The Menu. Love oh, The Menu. Mate. Isn't it I, great? I went in completely blind, which I'd recommend you do. And I was so you not only hear ready. <laughs> I was not ready for where that film went. No, me neither. It was I, I had quite no, a lot. Sort of, no knowledge of it beforehand. It was really, really brilliant. You just see Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt and Ralph Fiennes on a 
poster and you think, yeah, fine. I'm just having, and they're clearly having the best time making that film. It was so good. I really, yeah. But again, doesn't really, there's a lot of it that doesn't make any sense, but you just sort of go with it and have a great time. You go with it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, the menu would recommend, and I'm currently in the middle of watching because I have a baby, so we have to watch things in chunks. Good luck to you, Leo Grande. No, Leo Grande? Grande? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, With Emma Thompson and the incredibly handsome dude from Bad Sisters. Nice. And uh, it seems like a very lovely film so far. It could all go... If it's like the menu, it could fucking go mad in the next hour. If it is, that'd be amazing. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, well done, everyone. And John, so you want to see us out today? Yeah, let me wrap up in the way that only I can. That's a wrap for this episode of The Dream Factory, your go-to podcast for all things movie creation. We hope you enjoyed learning about the the behind-the-scenes process of bringing a film to life. (laughs) Remember, making movies is a dream come true, and we are here to help you make it happen. Keep listening for more interviews with industry professionals, tips and tricks on how to turn your movie idea into a reality. (laughs) Don't forget to follow us on social media at Dream Factory Pod for all the latest updates and to join the conversation. Until next time, keep dreaming and let's make movies together. Oh, that... The end line's brilliant. (laughs) Keep dreaming and let's make movies together. (laughs) We love you listeners. Keep dreaming and let's make movies together. Oh, yeah, I also let the um, AI write all the social posts that we're going to do for the podcast this week. So enjoy that. Bye. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.